Christmas is a time where we buy and give and receive gifts, right? That's a large part of what Christmas is all about. It's the largest gift-giving segment in the calendar. Uh, I wonder how much time you spent in the last little while looking for gifts, shopping, uh, thinking about what people would like for Christmas. I wonder how they reacted when they opened it, if they have already. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they haven't opened it. Uh, you know, there's two sides of the coin when it comes to gifts and gift-giving. There's the, uh, the heart of the giver. And we'll get to that a little bit more in a minute. Uh, th- there's the heart of the person who receives the gift. I mean, there's, there's probably nothing more painful than watching someone ungratefully receive a gift. Is anyone with me on that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you go onto YouTube and you type in ungrateful kids and you'll see lots of videos. <laughs> okay. Um, there's two sides of the coins when it comes to gift giving. The, uh, the gratefulness of the one receiving the gift gets a lot of attention. The one that often doesn't get as much attention is the person giving the gift. And uh, this morning, I just want to hang out for a little bit and ask this question. Are you a good gift giver? That's a good question. Are you a good gift giver? Do you put time into it? How much effort do you put into it? How do you go at choosing gifts for others? See, it's a project church, right? We, we live to perform a community service. Uh, we, we love to do that. We're, we're ready and willing and able for that. And so today, we're just going to spend a bit of time looking at what actually makes a good gift. Now, this is a little dangerous, isn't it? Because all of you are probably sitting there going, okay, well, it's too late now. Shops are shut. It's Christmas Day. I'm wrecked. Now, let me give you a few caveats before we start, because it'd be a shame to wreck Christmas this early on, right? Here's one, any gift given with honourable intentions is a good gift. Is anyone with me on that? It's a good gift. It's a good gift. And Christmas Day is not really a day for you to be thinking about your own rights. It's really a day of being thankful, isn't it? It's, it's a day to be gracious toward other people. So my encouragement to you, even as I talk about some of these things, is let's not go into it with a, a sense of entitlement, but a sense of thankfulness. You know, there's some people who might give some gifts today and it's not going to hit the mark. Maybe you didn't even get a gift and you should have got one. Um, Give grace. Give grace. Give grace. For the ones that give a gift and you kind of go, well, they didn't really hit the mark, just be thankful for the effort, for the thought that they put in. Uh, If you can't give grace and be kind to people on Christmas Day, what day can you do it? Uh, Isn't that the case? Now, others of you would just go, Pete, it's too late. I bought the gift, I gave it a tank. All right, I'm in the hole, there's nothing I can do about it now. And I would say to you, there's no better time to start working on being a gift giver than right now, right? Start at the lowest ebb and then everything looks up from there. (laughs) Now is a good time to be thinking about Christmas 2020. (laughs) And here's a tip for you, it's a leap year, so you've got an extra day. You've got 366 days. No better time to be thinking about Christmas 2020 than right Now the calendar is in your corner and uh, time is on your side. So here we go. I'm I'm calling this uh, gift giving for dummies. All right. You know that book series that you can buy. So let's let's just start. It's not really a quiz, but I'm going to invite a little bit of audience participation, which is always a little bit uh, anxiety inspiring in a group this big. But we'll have a crack at it. Um, Just with uh, I'm going to throw some things out to you and, and see if you can give me some feedback as to what you think could be a possible problem with with that, I was, I was talking to uh, some of our friends yesterday afternoon and their daughter works at Kmart and uh, they said like two minutes before Kmart closed, like the people at the front are saying Kmart is closing in two minutes, they're going in and getting presents for people, right? 
what, what is risky in terms of giving a good gift? What's risky about going in with two minutes left on the clock? Anyone? Sorry? Sold out. All right. Now, there's another risk for actually giving it to the person. It's like, oh, okay, so is that, is that all I mean to you, right? I, you show up with two minutes to go. And now, it may be that you, uh, you've had a full schedule and you need to kind of sneak in there. So if you're one of those, that's okay. That's okay. What about this one? Uh, let me paint the scenario for you. you. You get this gift for someone. You give it to them. They unwrap it. And then f within 30 seconds, you tell them how good a deal you got. <laughs> What's the problem with that? Is, is there a problem with that? Clearly the laughter suggests there is a problem with that. What is the problem? Yeah, yeah, well, it, it's like the person's thinking more about what they paid than uh, the person that they're giving the gift to. Um, I, I had a bit of a look online with, uh, you know, just to find out uh, what other people are saying about how to good gifts, give good gifts. And uh, one of the things they said was uh, just buy people a, uh, a just, just buying people a gift card is a little bit, now I'm a bit guilty of this one, they said it's a little bit lame. And sometimes it's really suitable and really right, but buying people a gift card sometimes just means we don't have to think about it. And, and the danger in buying someone a gift card is, is like, I don't want to think about it. And it takes some of the heart and the soul out of gift giving. You see, gift giving is actually about expressing your love for and your valuing of the other person, isn't it? That's what you do it for. You know, we want to bless them so we, we get something for them. So I want to spend the rest of the message today just drilling down and just going, what actually makes a good gift? Those are kind of some things maybe that we don't want to do, we want to be careful of. What makes a good gift? Here's the first one. Uh, the best gifts are not about being paid back in return. They're not about being reciprocated. Now, let's be honest, we've all had that moment at Christmas where we've spent a bunch of money on a present for someone and we've given it to them, then they've given us the present from them to us and we've just gone, well, that was way less money than what I spent. Is that all with me? Like, we can be honest on Christmas Day, can't we? It's happened, right? But here's the bottom line. If you go into gift giving with the idea that other people have to reciprocate for you, it actually makes it a really low level of richness because gift giving actually isn't about that. If you go in with gift, into gift giving thinking you've got to give me back something that's of equivalent value, you're actually engaging in some kind of commercial transaction under the guise, perhaps, of Christmas. True? But if you go in and you just go, I just want to bless the person, I don't have to be reciprocated, that is really, really rich. You know, Christmas is about everyone giving each other gifts. Like, I'm cool with that, all right? No problems at all. But I wonder what it'd be like in your family if one year your family just said, we are so into gift giving. We are like right into gift giving. We love gift giving. We just want to bless people. So this year only half the family are going to give gifts. <laughs> wouldn't that be interesting? That'd be hardcore, wouldn't it? It's like half the family only are going to give gifts and the ones giving are not going to receive any. Do you get my point? Now, that would be hardcore, wouldn't it, right? Like, that would be serious, like, gift-giving then, right? Because we are given a gift. We're getting absolutely nothing in return. I wonder how it would go. I'm not saying that going all in and everyone giving presents to each other is a bad thing. I'm just saying that when you give a gift, if you're going with the attitude that it doesn't need to be paid back or reciprocated, it makes it super, super rich. 
Here's the, uh, here's the next one. The best gifts are focused on the receiver, not the giver. Now, there's some, probably some wives here who got cordless drills this year, right? But, and you might be into cordless drills, okay? But here's, here's the bottom line. A, a good gift is focused on the receiver, not on the giver. Now, this is an interesting news article. It was on the ABC News yesterday, and there's the opening paragraph down the bottom. One of Australia's leading retail groups is predicting Boxing Day sales will hit a record this year following weaker than expected Christmas buying. Now, if you're going out and you're looking for a gift and your, your main thing is that you're thinking about keeping some cash in your pocket for Boxing Day, do, do you see what I'm saying? Like that just, okay, we've just gone down a notch in terms of the richness of the gift that you actually give. You know, when you shop for other people, you're, not, you're meant to be shopping for them, not, um, not for yourself, not thinking about yourself. You know, it's, it's been said about me that I go shopping for other people and end up buying stuff for myself, right? There's, <laughs> I'm just, that's a problem, okay? That is a problem. Now, I'm not saying that you just go out and you spend yourself broke. Uh, you've got to be mindful of your budget. Um, but the best gifts, the best gifts... Um, are focused on the receiver, not on the giver. Here's the, uh, the next one. The best gifts come from those who know you best. It, it doesn't take much for you to, to work this one out. You know, think about it. They know you. They know what you like. They know that you like blue better than yellow. Okay, in the Sondergill house, four boys. Um, if anything, has even got the, the, uh, the, the slightest hint of pink. It just goes in the bin. <laughs> Now, that doesn't include Ange, all right? My wife, she, uh, she wears pink and she gets away with it. Uh, but for the rest of the boys, anything that's got the slightest shade of pink goes in the bin, right? So you could, you could, if you didn't know me, for example, you might go and buy an artist's easel. <laughs> and it wouldn't fit. Or, and no offence to people who drive them, a people mover. <laughs> okay? And, and it, would, it, it just wouldn't be a good gift for me. Okay, if you know me, if you know me, you'd give a better gift. And the best gifts tend to come from those who know you best. What about this one? The best gifts are the ones in which the giver is most personally invested. Imagine you're at home and you've got a slave, which is what most teenagers think. But you're at home and you've got a, you've got a slave, right? And you say to your slave, Here's a hundred bucks. Can you just go out to the shops and buy, um, you know, buy my wife a gift for Christmas? Don't know what it is. Have you given any instructions? Actually, can you wrap it too? Like take it to the wrapping place in Grand Central, get it all wrapped up, and uh, then I can just give it, right? And in the mix of all of it, you don't even find out what it is that the slave got for you. You get to Christmas Day, you give it, they open the wrapping, and you just go, oh, <laughs> that, that's what I got them. It doesn't have much meaning, does it? It wouldn't have much meaning because you're not personally invested in it. You know, we often throw around the phrase, it's a thought that counts. And often, well, sometimes we can use the phrase, it's a thought that counts, to cover over something that's a bit lame, that we haven't put uh, much effort in, because, and we use it sarcastically. Uh, but the, the, the phrase used correctly, it's a thought that counts, actually says that maybe the presentation is not that great but I actually there's a lot of thought in that and there's a lot of heart behind it 
And you know this, right? You know that this is how it works with gifts. You can get a gift from someone and if the person is really personally invested in the gift, it has a lot of meaning. Now, I'd worked as a manual arts teacher in this skill for years, right? And I saw many, many, many dodgy furniture products go home to parents. And the parents loved them. And I'd just go, okay. Because they're not my kid, right? But if they're your kid, it's like you see your kid wrapped up in that thing. They're personally invested in that thing. They bring it home. It's like that is the most awesomest two-legged table I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, Jesus, Jesus uh, knew about this. In Luke 21, he uh, watched this widow putting, uh, giving her, her offering in the temple. And... Uh, he, uh, he noticed that she only put in two small pennies. She gave everything that she had to live on. And so the issue was he saw her heart and he said his, her, heart, her heart was beautiful. Her heart was generous, even though it was small, the thing that she gave. She gave much of herself and it rated highly. And I want to suggest to you this morning, and you think back to the things that have been the most precious, deepest, most profound gifts for you in your life and they're probably non-monetary. They're probably not cars. They're probably not possessions they're not money let me throw a couple out that i i think might be some examples of some things that are really precious to you what about that time that that person gave you the gift of an encouraging satisfying sustaining word they said something nice to you you were down in the dumps you're in a hole and they gave the gift of words to you maybe the text message maybe they just told you that they loved you Maybe they were just present with you in the middle of stuff. You know, the best gifts are the ones in which the giver is most personally invested. The best gifts are costly. You know, gifts need to cost something, otherwise they tend not to be very good gifts. And I, and I want to suggest to you this morning that they don't need to cost lots of money. They just have to cost something. You know, if you show up with a present and it didn't cost you anything in any way, it probably isn't going to be very meaningful. You know, King David in the Old Testament, he uh, said this, he said, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. He knows that when you give a gift, it has to cost you something for it to be meaningful and valuable. Now, you might sit there today and you go, well, I don't have much money. Well, you know, there's a lot of people who don't have a lot of money and they make stuff. And they spend hours and hours and hours on it. And, and you can get the gift and you just go, that is amazing. It didn't cost you money, but it cost you so much time. And, and in some ways, if someone makes something, it's, there's even more value to it because the person's so personally invested in it. You know, by definition, gifts are substitutionary. All right, let me explain this. You take the place of the person who doesn't have the gift. All right, so you go to the shops. Let's say there's a gift that would be a real blessing to them and it costs $100. You have the $100. You go to the shops. <laughs> they don't have the gift. You have the $100. You go to the shops. You give the $100. The shop person gives you the gift. And then you give the gift to the person that you want to give it to. And guess who's down 100 bucks? <laughs> you are. Like, you are the one that actually now goes without, in a sense, in a very small way, so that someone else can have something. You see, you see gift giving is 
substitutionary. You take what you have and you buy something with it and then you give it to someone else. You know, no one gets to payday at work and runs around the office dancing and celebrating because they got the most amazing gift. Why? Because they gave something. They gave their time, they gave their effort. I mean, it would be weird, right? You'd just be going, that person, seriously. You've just got to get an ambulance in here, right? But they've given something, they get something in return. You know, true gift giving is substitutionary. It's costly. It's costly. That is high octane giving. Now, Jesus talks about this in Luke 6. He says, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. You see, Jesus is talking about our tendency to do transactional stuff. And he's going, just go to the whole next level and love people who don't love you in return. See that? That is pure gift giving. Now, it's Christmas Day. Some of you are going, he's making me feel guilty on Christmas Day. Well, we're going to end on a really awesome note because the Christmas story, a historical one I might add, um, is about God giving a gift to the world, isn't it? And it was the gift of his one and only son. And this son of his lived for 33 years and then died a death on a Roman cross to rescue us from the chaos caused by sin. You know, in, in a very real sense, Jesus was born to die. Now, Jesus, the gift of Jesus for you, smashes every one of these gift-giving categories. Totally annihilates them, right? Just goes, takes it to the hill. He is the gift par excellence. So let's just see how he fares quickly in each of these categories I've just thrown out. Remember this one. The best gifts don't need to be reciprocated. Well, here's the bottom line. You, you don't need to and you can't pay Jesus back. Listen to this from Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. So grace is God's gift of, of rescue and freedom from sin and cleansing from sin, from turning away from God. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Here's the bottom line. Let me, let me give you the bad news and then the good news. Here's the bad news. The trouble that you and I are in is much deeper and more significant than you realise. It just is. It's way beyond any of our power to do anything about it. You can't work your way out of it. You can't behave your way back into the good books. And you can't pay God back for him being kind to you. He doesn't want it. You both can't and he doesn't want it. All you can do is receive him. You know, when it comes to Jesus, he is the ultimate one-way giver, isn't he? The ultimate one-way giver. That is high-octane giving. Remember this one. The best gifts are focused on the receiver, not the giver. And God's gift of Jesus was focused on those receiving the gift. Like this is just, he hits this one out of the park, doesn't he? You know, you know this verse, probably. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God was thinking about you when he gave the gift of his Son. Isn't that a sublime thought? He was thinking about you. He had your name in his head 2019, 2,000 years later. When Jesus showed up, he was thinking about you. And do you know something about Jesus? 
He did not operate for his own self-preservation. You've seen that probably watching the rugby league. Have you, have you ever heard a commentator say when you're watching rugby league or you're watching sports, they just go, they just threw self-preservation right out the window. Isn't that Jesus? Self-preservation went right out the window. He wasn't thinking, what's in it for me? He gave himself wholly to the ones he loved. The best gifts come from those who know you best. You know what? Jesus knows you better than you know yourself. Psalm 139, verse 1 to 3, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. You think someone who knows you that well is going to be good at giving a gift to you? Totally will. And notice the next bit there in Romans 5 verse 8. God shows his love for us in that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. God knows you so well. God is good and he's all-powerful. Do you think he's going to give you good gifts? Of course he will. You know, God is a thoughtful giver, isn't he? He, he knows the needs of the ones he gives to. And God's gifts to us perfectly match what we need. You know, we can play around sometimes with superficial desires and longings, but you know what? Jesus knows the deepest longings of your heart and he's arranged to connect with those and to satisfy those. You know, you, you need to be rescued. <laughs> That's what you need. You need to be rescued and you need Jesus. You need him personally. You are made to live uh, in connection with him and he did both he rescued you and then connected you to him and do you know the amazing the amazingness about this if you you think about <laughs> his husbands listen to me for a minute all right if, if you start thinking about a christmas present for your wife now and you think about it and work on it for the next 12 months all right you're going to get some serious kudos okay because it's thoughtful it's, it's actually thinking and working on it and caring about it for a long period of time. How long did God think and care about rescuing us and giving us Jesus? Like before the world was even made? <laughs> like that long? He's been working on this for a long, long time. Remember this one. The best gifts are the ones in which the giver is most personally invested. Well, it doesn't get any more personal in terms of investment than this one. God gave us his son. We read this uh, scripture a few moments ago. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Only. Amazing. Amazing. That's personal. Now, if you came to my house and you said to me, Pete, I need something. I'd probably go to the shed. All right? And I'd try and find something in the shed that might help you out. Um... Or maybe I'd head to the shops, I'd take my wallet with me and I'd try and find something that would be helpful to you. But I'll tell you what I wouldn't give you. I wouldn't give you my son, not in a second. I wouldn't. Certainly, if you're a scoundrel, I wouldn't give you my son. But that's what he does. That's what he does. You think about how personal that is. And it's even more personal because the gift that he gives you is a person. It is a person. Here's the last one I want to quickly look at. The best gifts are costly. You know what? 
Jesus is a very costly gift. A very costly gift. You know, some of us think that we really need a coffee. It wouldn't cost God much to give you a coffee. Some of you think that if I could just have enough money in the bank, I'd be all right. It wouldn't cost God much to give you money in the bank. Some of you go, if I could just have a happy marriage, I'd be okay. But even that wouldn't cost God very much. Romans 8, verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? It costs God a lot to give you Jesus. You can almost hear the pathos in the words, isn't it? The only, only son. Didn't have any spares. <laughs> I've got a spare random son somewhere that I can give to you. It's like, yeah, that, that was it. That was it. 1 Peter 3 verse 18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. You know, God getting us back, his estranged children who had walked away from him, God getting us back, costs way more than him giving you enough money. It costs way more than a coffee, than a good marriage or whatever else you'd want to put in there. It cost him himself. I want you to hear me this morning. God is not a stingy giver. <laughs> he's just not. He could have been, but he's not. You know, and it raises the reality again for us. Remember I said to you that uh, gift giving is substitutionary. Well, Jesus was our substitute. He was freely given up by God for us. An amazingly costly gift. And the Christmas story ends at Easter, where this baby in a manger is, is now a man and gets crucified on a Roman cross. We know it. We know it happened. And here's, here's the substitutionary nature of the gift of Jesus. For us to live, Jesus had to die. For us to be connected to God, our sin had to separate Jesus from his Father on the cross. For us to have freedom... Jesus had to be bound by our sin. You know, for us to have peace, Jesus had to be overwhelmed by the turmoil of our sin. Gift giving is substitutionary. Love is substitutionary. Love is costly. It always is. I'll finish with uh, this quote from C.S. Lewis. The band can come up. Lewis says this from Mere Christianity, he says, The eternal being who knows everything and who created the whole universe became not only a man, but before that a baby and before that a fetus inside a woman's body. If you want to get the hang of it, think how you would like to become a slug or a crab. God is not a stingy giver.